Hey everyone, it's Peter Rosenberg from Cheap Heat. Join me and the fearless, physically large stat guy, Greg, and of course, Super Agent 35 under 35 Dipperstein as we tackle the biggest stories in pro wrestling each and every week. To hear us, follow the Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby. It is the East Coast Bias crew backed by popular demand this week before the Christmas holiday, this week before an insane weekend in sports where there's football on Thursday, there's football on Saturday, there's football on Sunday and Monday. You're throwing the NBA five pack on Christmas Day, and there is a whole lot to love. Uh, Houseman, Raheem and I yesterday, it was a rarity where I felt very strong about a play. Raheem was kind of like, eh, let's see, wait and see, ba ba ba. But because you guys were such good influences on me Sunday, I ended up being a good influence on Raheem yesterday, and the Packers took care of business. See, that's what happens when the families join it together here, House. That's the most important thing, family unity, especially in the holiday season right now. I have to tell you, I'm looking for it for this week because I really don't have a great feel for these games. Um, it feels like because of the, the intervention of the holiday into this and everybody 11 games on Saturday, what are the teams that are going to be looking forward to their, their Christmas with their kids, their Christmas dinner? You know, who, who, who are those teams? That's what I'm having a hard time trying to figure out. It feels like a lot of, uh, knock down, drag them out, low scoring affairs. And again, you have to keep talking about the weather. We're in that time of the year where we just talk about, you know, what, what kind of impacts the weather might have. We had that glorious Buffalo Miami game uh, with the snow coming down the second half of that fourth quarter. I don't know if, if I've seen snow in the forecast anywhere, but it does look like it could be messy in a few places. Yeah, I mean, last week, I mean, we we saw Justin Tucker actually miss two kicks, and you know, I think one of them were blocked. One of them was blocked, but the other one, I think it had a, a lot to do with the weather. So, I mean, I definitely have to look at the weather forecast for a lot of these games this week. But I mean, it's clear that it's going to have a, a real impact on some of these games. So that's you always got to make sh- you make sure of that going forward. And you know, the one thing I want to say is that when it comes to the weather, you always want to look at the wind. I think that has the biggest impact out of everything. Um, obviously, when it comes to snow it doesn't impact totals as much as people think it does because you tend to see points. I mean, you saw it in that Buffalo game. Buffalo was able to drive down the field and score even in the snow. So definitely want to look out for the weather. Fellas, a couple of takeaways from the weekend before we look into these games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. 
Raheem, am I crazy now a couple of days later? And I hate moral victories. I'm not a moral victory kind of guy. That's not how I live. That's not how I roll. And I got absolutely no sleep after the Dolphins lost that game to the Bills. Because to me, it was there to be had. That an eight-point lead. I get my heart broken on the final play of the game. Just oh, made me absolutely sick to my stomach. But now, I think about the way the Dolphins played. Freezing cold temperatures. Western New York. Josh Allen. The whole deal. Should I feel better about my team going into the final three games of the year after what I saw on Saturday night? Or is that totally overblown? No, I don't think it's totally overblown at all. I think sometimes, you know, look, the Dolphins had two rough losses in a row. I mean, they lost to the 49ers and they lost to the Chargers in a game which most people thought the the Dolphins should have won. And, you know, they were seven-point dogs to the Bills in this game. And like I told you, I felt like they were going to be competitive. So... And they, they went out there and they probably should have won that game. It's just they got field goals in the red zone instead of touchdowns. So I do think you have the right to feel good about your team. I think it was a great moral victory because it showed that they can go toe-to-toe with arguably the best team in a conference. So I think if they were to play again, I think you get a, a similar matchup. And I think, you know, outside of the game against the 49ers, Tua has really played well pretty much against every competitive team. So, like, I think I think you got to feel good about the Dolphins going into the playoffs. Should they, you know, close this thing out, clinch that they should be all right. And and situationally this week, JJ, you have the benefit of playing that Saturday night, and now you have a Saturday game. Green, you got a two two day advantage basically over Green Bay, having played that Monday night game, and then Green Bay has got to come right back. Now it doesn't look like you're going to get that Miami Heat. You're not going to put uh, Aaron Rodgers under the the heat lamp. Because it looks like the temperatures down there might be in the 40s. So Green Bay will be comfortable. Wow, but in the 40s in that's South what I Florida? Think I, saw. I, th- I think I saw for, for game time that this one might be uh, in, in the 40s. I like Miami to win. I don't like the number. It's a it's a Vegas zone number. Uh, five yeah, and it's a, a wonky number at five, yeah. five and a half and six. Yeah, I think that number actually opened up at six. And then you got some sharp money who pushed that thing down right away. So, um, you know, the sharp money is obviously on the Packers in this game. And is that going to be a theme you think in these games, Raheem, for a lot of, we're going to have a lot of instances of teams needing to win in order to get into the playoffs going up against teams that maybe I know the Packers are still alive. Technically speaking, they need, they need a miracle to make the postseason. Do you think there's value in general now looking at these spots and fading there? I say Raheem, the team that needs to win. Yes. I mean, all the time, I think, you know, a must-win game doesn't mean that you're going to win. And one thing I always like to say is that if a team is in a must-win game, that means they aren't very good. So um, I think you're seeing a lot of instances of that. And I think you're seeing sharp money actually pick off some of those inflated numbers that you're seeing this week. I mean, you look at the Houston Texans versus the Tennessee Titans. Titans were laying seven and a half, eight points. That line is down to five now. So that tells you that there's always a ton of of value fading those teams in must-win games. We're going to get to a kitchen sink spot for one of our buddies' particular teams coming up a little bit later on in the show. But House, the Detroit Lions have been the team that is like the feel-good team of America right now. Like, I I had them against the Vikings. They took care of business. And I was going to be with Raheem all week. I love the Jets. It was my favorite play. The minute they ruled Mike White out and they go back to Zach Wilson, I was out. I even in the, the contest I'm in, 
I ended up switching with my buddy. We ended up going to the Lions. We got lucky. We had no business winning the game. Jet defense, fourth down falls apart. They don't know how to manage the clock at the end of the game. But Detroit now, at Carolina, Bears, Hackers. You dreaming about Detroit going from one and seven in the playoffs house? That'd be pretty crazy. I don't even think it's that crazy of a dream. I mean, I think they're absolutely going to go handle their business against Carolina. The problem for, for Carolina, they want to run the ball. Um, and, you know, they have a successful two-headed monster running the ball. But if they fall behind, they have no means by which to catch up. And we just watched that against Pittsburgh this past week. And they could not, you know, get that uh, rushing game going against a Pittsburgh defense that had the previous week given up over 200 yards. They couldn't get it going. And, you know, that game was really never even in doubt because you just watched Sam Darnold back there. It's Sam Darnold. Like, you know, we just just reminder. We we had saw him uh, in in kind of game manager roles for a couple weeks, especially that Seattle game where they just rushed 46 times. And, and you know, all he had to do was rush a few times with his own legs and throw the ball, whatever it was, a dozen times. But if, if they fall behind, uh, then, then I think Carolina's cooked. And the one thing we know that Detroit can do is score and score from a lot of different ways. I, I actually like Detroit in this uh, situation. Yeah, I, I think I agree with House in this in this situation. I mean, like, the one thing, I mean, Detroit's offense is just absolutely rolling. And, I mean, Carolina has a solid defense, but I just don't know what you're going to expect from that offense. And I think you kind of see a repeat performance of what you saw last week um, with the the Lions offense eventually just getting it done. So I, I agree with House on this one. Guys, there's one team you guys must, you must, you must tell me at all costs if I'm going to fade them for the rest of the regular season. Uh, I want you guys to do like a double take and say, JJ, you're not allowed to do that anymore. House, I got to stop fading the Bengals, dude. I, I I can't. Like the Bucks to me, the spot was such like a rat line with the Bengals being favored by three and a half. And I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm like, 17 nothing. Oh, yeah. Rat line. Then all of a sudden, dude, I couldn't even enjoy it for like a half. By the time the third quarter happened, it went from being up like 21 points in the spread. I'm not even covering. I'm done. I am done betting against the Bengals for the foreseeable future. Even if the line tells me so, I'm waiting until the postseason. Can't do it. I think that's the right play. I mean, we sat here on this show last week. We looked at the card and the three games that we were like, be suspicious of these three games. It was San Francisco laying three and a half at Seattle. They went out, put the hammer down, took care of business. That game was never in doubt. The Dallas laying four and a half at Jacksonville. We were like, man, that's we got to be careful with this thing. And then that 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 Bengals Tampa game and and Tampa to their credit, you know, they showed us a new game script. They were very efficient in the first half, and their defense showed us like a version of that defense that we saw at the beginning of the season. But man, the Bengals are a second half team. That's the derivative derivative to play. Get in there, live bet the Bengals if they're down at all in the first half. Grab them on the on the on the second half, you know, uh, money line and, and and spread if it's at all favorable and just just cash the ticket because they just take care of business. Now, this spot against New England has me concerned. I can still come up with concerns. They have a couple of injuries. Sam Hubbard, I think, has been ruled out. Their defensive end, uh, Troy Hendrickson, is a, is a question mark. They have some injuries in the secondary. And you have all these trends about, you know, Belichick at home in December 
and and, and New England, you know, as an underdog in, in that situation, I just don't know how you can back New England. Every That's, trend imaginable yeah. would say New England is the spot in this game. Yep. Here's the dirty little secret, though. The Pats suck. That's they what suck. it boils down to. Yeah. Offensively speaking, they are putrid. I mean, the Raider defense, Raheem, is dreadful. Mac Jones is completing like 50% for 70 yards against that awful Raider defense. So I get that the Bengals are beat up. I get that it's a bad spot for them. And normally, Raheem, like this would be an automatic. Like, oh, New England, life on the line. Belichick, after a terrible loss, his team will be ready to go. Raheem, man, I I don't know what the Patriots got left in the tank, dude. I really don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Belichick has lost his fastball, and we got to put him on Larry Holmes' status. You and and Bill Bill from Los Angeles discussing the end of Belichick. I I heard that on the pod with Sal this morning. I enjoyed that. Like, I mean, at some point, like, the Patriots way was all about discipline and, you know, just doing the right thing or making the right play. We have never seen, like, that type of loss from Bill Belichick is just not something that we've ever seen. So I know they had the game against the Dolphins where, you know, they put Gronk back there and the the Dolphins were able to complete a hook and lateral to, to the end zone before a wide receiver to throw the ball to Chandler Jones and Chandler Jones to be able to just run it for a touchdown. It's just those are the type of losses that we haven't seen from Belichick. They it's haven't the typically beat Raheem, themselves. It is the dumbest play I have ever seen. Ever. I don't want to be dramatic here, but I'm dead serious. It is the dumbest play I've ever seen watching a football game at the end of the game. Like, oh, without a beyond doubt. Without a doubt. Beyond. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, Sean Jackson dropping the ball uh, as he entered no, the this end zone. No, this was dumber. This was <laughs> dumber. This, this was dumber. This was because dumber. Was, like, because at least it was thought, like, <laughs> it, it, as bad as that was, this, like, the game is, it's going that overtime. That is in the game. Yeah. Like they treated I, this as true. if they were de- like this was a tie game. They were treating this like as if they were down, and I, I've never seen any like th- seen li- like it. It's just unbelievable. I, I have to be honest. I don't even really want to talk about that play. It speaks for itself. It's iconic. It's a once in a lifetime thing. We'll be telling our grandkids about it. Um, and I want money on it. By the way, I just want to throw that out there. Like there were screams. That's uh, so I'm watching dumb. the games on Sunday. My my fiance is in the office. And I think I am screaming like a hyena as <laughs> as that play happens, and all Brooklyn can hear me. She comes out. She's like, "Is everything okay?" Is everything? Yeah. I'm like, "I'm like, yes, we won." She's like, "I'm like, you gotta see this. You gotta see this." Somehow, well, so living in for me, baby. Well, the, the problem was the, the 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 touchdown they gave up 30 seconds earlier. That was the true issue. The true problem: a Belichick defense doesn't give up an over the top touchdown to Derek Carr. At the, well, now, to be fair, that wasn't a touchdown. That was I not thought a he touchdown. Was out of bounds. Yeah, and I let's did also too. make sure that we talk about the officiating and the wide variance that we're seeing. Oh, Huss, I mean, Huss has been waiting for I'm this. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, it's I mean, all right. I, you can't, listen, and also we're talking you, about you, it. Hey, you, you, you guys do it. nailed it. You guys were dead <laughs> right about the Giants covering the game. They did, but House, that was a mu- and, and listen, you don't want to put yourself in that position. You don't want to turn the ball over. But the bottom line was that was a mugging on the fourth down play. And I actually would be more upset about the illegal procedure call on the one yard line, which was total bullshit. Of course, of course. Well, let's just finish the thought with that Raiders New England and the fact that that stadium doesn't have cameras for the foot. Now, I've seen I saw the still photo that somebody was able to grab a look like from a cell phone. 
Dude's foot is obviously out of bounds. We're at this point in our lives in 2022. It's December where playoff fates are, are hanging in the balance and the NFL can't get that right. That's atrocious. That, that, that's a, a, a pox on Las Vegas for not having the camera situation and a pox on the league for indulging that kind of nonsense. Now, the Washington thing, should we put it in the context of trying to handicap this Washington-San Francisco situation? I mean, we, we might as well. The number opened at six and a half. I was not uh, awake uh, late enough to jump in there and pound uh, San Francisco. Now it's up to seven, seven and a half, back down to seven. I see it sort of gyrating. Dream, what's it sitting at right now? We are sitting at seven at this point. Seven, seven with over under, seven so, over under 39. I would say that's actionable, except for it, it, this Washington team, speaking of teams without discipline and with uh, an inability to get out of their own way, which is why I, we invested in the Giants last week. The, 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 the play calling remains an issue. And if you want to be generous about it, you say uh, Scott Turner, Norv's boy, um, has had two different quarterbacks. They've had a rotating, shuffling offensive line situation. He didn't have Brian Robinson through the first portion of the season. But still, you cannot show up with two weeks of, of opportunity to prepare for that Giants team with a game plan where, you know, let, let's set aside the, uh, the final score. The Giants offense outscored the Washington offense 14 to 12. And, and if you can't, there's only since the middle of the season, the Giants have held only two teams to 20 points or less, that defense. They've held the Washington Seawards to 20 or less twice, and they held the Houston Texans under 20 points. Everybody else gets their points against that Giants defense. So that's really uh, where my complaint comes in. But but yes, <laughs> the league, I think, expressed its opinion of the Dan Snyder situation at the end of that game. Now, Washington still would have had to have converted the two-point uh, to, to, to tie it up. Um, but wiping or taking a touchdown off of the board because of that illegal formation call, which everybody across the board says is nonsense. And then, you know, endorsing the absolute mugging of Curtis Samuel in the end zone, that meme, at least, I don't know if it's made the nationwide press, but certainly here in Washington, I've seen 10 million memes of it. I think my favorite is the Christmas hug. It's on Christmas cards going around. This is a hug for everybody. A hug that we can all uh, believe in. We're trying to take the negative of the situation and turn it into something positive. I really like San Francisco to handle their business on Saturday. It's a short week for Washington, a tough situation for Washington. San Francisco has extra days also because they played uh, last Thursday. So I don't I don't like the situation. Washington flying cross country going up against a San Francisco team with extra rests that that can you know, score so many ways and also just a defense that will throttle you. I agree with House on this one. I, I think the issue is, is Taylor Heineke. I mean, you're looking at a guy with a 49.7 pro football focus grade and his passer rating under pressure is just 56.9. And we all know the 49ers, they're a top 10. They have their top 10 in pressure rate. And Taylor Heineke, I know he's given this team a spark. He's been he's he's made a lot of plays, but he's he's the guy who's going to give you one. And he's throwing a turnover worthy play nearly 6% of 
the time. So that's higher than Brock Purdy. And when you look at what Washington has done against teams with top 10 pressure rates, they've struggled. So they lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Eagles. I know they won that, that second game against the Eagles, but it was re- rather fluky. Um, and so I just, I look at this as a spot where the 49ers can just, you know, find a way to just dominate with their defense. Brock Purdy will make a couple plays here and there, and they should be able to get the win. See, I think it's a good tee spot with the Niners. That number scares me a little bit. The Niners are coming off a big win. They just clinched their division, and it means everything for Washington. So I I do think you will get a spirited effort out of your boys' house. Me too. Spirited enough to cover the number, 50-50. I think the Niners and teasing them is the way to go. I would... Seven and a half kind of scares me a little bit. All right, we'll get to the week 16 games. And by the way, I just got to throw this out there. House Raheem was a lot more diplomatic about the officials here on East Coast Bias than he was on my live pod for New York, New York after Giants Commanders, where uh, our buddy might have had a a couple of beverages before joining us, which tremendous. I was going to say, you got to join us every Sunday night then. Right. All right, we'll get to week 16. That's coming up next. All right, boys, Thursday night's a biggie. And House, our Titan Futures under, they have some life. Our Jaguar Division bets have some life. This is a big game now with the Jets, buddy. I hate the spot for the Jags. I wish this game was not Thursday. I wish it would. And really, any other day, even Friday would be fine with me. I hate the situation. They're 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 favored, I believe. Are they still favored? Is that what they're? Are they still the line is all over the place. Fanduel yeah. has them as a favorite, but like you can find ones on either side of the fence at this point if you really shop around. They're everywhere. They're not good on the road, and you know they're two and five against the spread on the road. And I just, uh, you know, I I don't want anything to do with Zach Wilson as a quarterback in this situation. But what I'm really looking at is like what unit. Do I feel like I can trust the weather forecast is bad. There's, there's weather there is there. I mean, there is rain in the forecast. There is wind in the forecast. And I, the unit that I trust the most between those two teams is the jets defense and the jets defense. They throttled that Detroit uh, offense, that juggernaut Detroit offense. They gave the jets every single opportunity to, to win that game. And, but for really the, the the bonehead Robert Sala, like that guy, you, you know, I, I know I'm sure New York's been calling him out <laughs> all week. Him being defiant about, you know, the the mismanagement of the end of game and like costing his team plays, costing his team opportunities to try and do something at the end of that game. That's that's indefensible. Unacceptable. Uh, now, to his credit house, 24 hours later kind of owned up to the fact that his clock management was not up to par after quote okay. unquote watching the tape. But after they got that third and 18, you got your team scrambling there. You got a quarterback who hadn't played in a damn month. Call the time out. That that was like a clinic of what not to do. And also, let's give the Jet defense some crap for this. And I know they were playing without Quinn Williams. You're a big, big time defense. Zach Wilson gets you the lead. You're up four with four minutes to go. You got to win that game. You cannot allow a backup tight end to go 50 yards with nobody freaking touching him for a touchdown. That can't happen, man. JJ, that that I give credit to the Detroit, though. They've been really inventive all season long. I understand that that's unexpected, but that play call, it was ballsy. It was completely unexpected that Ben Johnson is calling some games down. No, he's going to be a head coach. Yeah, he really is. I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Raheem, are you on the jet bandwagon Thursday? Can you can you honestly once again, and I know you did last week, can you put your money on Zach Wilson? And House nailed it. We're talking heavy rain, heavy wind, nasty late December night out at MetLife Stadium. Dude, this is a tough one, man. This is a tough one. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I I I can't bet the Jets in this spot. Um, I just, the way Trevor Lawrence is playing right now, for them to come back from 17 points against that Cowboys defense with that pass rush, and, you know, I know they had some injuries in the secondary, but it said a lot. And Zach Wilson right now is probably the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I, you know, I watched parts of that game where it just felt like the Jets defense did everything to give them a chance. And it just felt like Zach Wilson kind of gave it away. He gave it away with that first interception as they were driving. And all they needed was really a game manager in that type of game. They held Detroit to, you know, 13 points up until the last two minutes of the game. So I just think with Zach Wilson out there, I think the Jets are unbettable at this point. Unbettable. Now, Raheem, there's a lot on the line for our Titans unders. There's a lot on the line for the AFC South. If you took a flyer on Jacksonville to win the division, am I crazy to say that if the Jags win this game and they beat the Jets on Thursday night, they're going to win the AFC South? Would you agree with that statement? I I agree with that statement. I I really do. I mean, you're looking at a Titans team, which is completely banged up on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I have Titans under nine and a half. So one more loss gets us there, but I also have Titans to miss the postseason. So I'm hoping that the Jaguars can pull this thing out. So um, I'm rooting for them. And I just think the way Trevor Lawrence is playing, I mean, I think what he's, he have 13 touchdowns and one interception over the last five weeks. I think Doug Peterson has really found something with this unit. So I think they, I think they're going to get into the playoffs. I, I like, I, I like it. All I want is that that final game of the season, that head-to-head, to be the decider for it. And, and, and it looks like there's a bunch of different ways. The Jaguars could even lose this game against the Jets and, and, and still have that last game because the, they, if they beat the Titans twice, then that, that's the tiebreaker, right? Correct. And they already smoked them in Nashville. Right. Right. So they, get, they have this, this road game against the Jets. They have to handle their business on the road at Houston, and then we get the matchup that we're begging for. Boys, the marquee game is Sunday, or Saturday, I should say. Has a little bit of a different wrinkle to it, Raheem, because of the uncertainty regarding one Jalen Hurts. And not that I am a man of many sources, because I'm not. I'm really, I'm not this guy. I, I hate being this guy. But a buddy of mine down in Philadelphia texted me, and he was like, Jalen Hurts is not playing. Like, literally, Monday morning at, like, 9 a.m., he's like, Jalen Hurts is not playing. I'm like, mm, what are you talking about? And then I see the betting line, and I see it, and I see it, and I see it. Raheem, that was one of those instances where I had to give my boy a little bit of credit because I'm like, man, maybe maybe you knew something. Maybe you were ahead of the market because when you see a line move off a number, the way that Cowboy-Eagle game moved off a key number, you kind of know something's up, right, dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um. You know, I, I I looked at that line and I was like ready to like, I had some opinions on it. And then right away it jumped to four and a half and now it's up to five and a half now. So typically when you see that, it's it's, it's a serious injury. And, you know, a friend of mine actually texted me before the line moved and I kind of just didn't believe him. He, he was he was speaking on it as if it was more serious. I think he said he broke his collarbone and Jalen Hurts would be out for like the rest of the season. So I thought we were looking at it like a Nick Foles situation with Gardner Minshew. So um I'm interested to see what, like, how serious this injury is going to be, and what's going to come in the weeks to come. Yeah, I don't like the the line, like handicapping it wise. I I don't know 
what to do about it. So that feels like to me a stay away. Um, but you know, <laughs> I'm concerned about, I have a tiny bit of concern. I'm not going to knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. We have a lot of futures, a, a lot of money invested in Philadelphia winning the division. Yes, we do. And, and it has not been locked up yet. <laughs> I mean, well, that they're, they're, cowboy loss has for me and you not as yeah. much Raheem because it's beloved Dallas Cowboys. And I know he had the Cowboys on Sunday, which was a terrible beat. That Jacksonville win on Sunday was significant, my man. Very, Very significant. significant. Very yeah, that, significant. That was, I, I think that I think that pretty much wrapped it up. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I just don't see the Eagles just have to win one more game or the Cowboys have to lose one more. And it's pretty yes. much over. And yes. I, I think I think this is a wrap. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, fortunately, the Eagles are home against New Orleans so that their home game against the Giants in week 18, uh, where the Giants, I think, will still be playing for, for absolutely positively for for uh, playoff participation and, and possibly a, a seeding opportunity. Um, I want them to, if they just handle their business against New Orleans, then we don't have to worry about what happens, the result of this Dallas game. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts is worth four and a half points to the point spread when it comes to Gardner. Even like, with the so year I'm he's having, you, Raheem, and I'm a Minshew guy. Like I'm not as much a Minshew guy as Simmons. But there was a point last year when I saw him torch the Jets, where I said, eh, maybe Philadelphia is better off if he's the quarterback. Sirianni went back to Hurts. They ended up making the playoffs anyway. And I got to give credit, Jalen Hurts has had a fabulous, fabulous year. So what is that difference in quarterback worth? Do you think in the market? I, I kind of got to do some work on it, but I, I just, Sorry to, put you to me, I'm, like, I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you. It's just like four and a half just seems like a lot. Aggressive. Right now. Okay. And I think we were at six, we were at six at one point um, in the market. I saw sixes in the market. So I, I just think obviously with it coming back down from six to five and a half, there's some people thinking the same thing. And I mean, this Eagles roster is absolutely loaded. I mean, they still have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They'll actually try to run the ball a little bit more now that you don't have a running quarterback. So Miles Sanders should be able to get some more carries. They still have A.J. Brown. Um, I think he's still a mismatch for that Dallas secondary. So I'm going to be honest with you. I could see myself taking the Eagles in this game, and I would not be surprised if they won this game outright. Very interesting. All right. I got two picks for you guys. Let's go into the Shark Tank. The first one, I can't wait to bet this game because we will have Christmas Eve dinner and instead of George Bailey and Christmas carols and red wine, it'll be yours truly hooting and hollering over Raiders Steelers. And this is my favorite bet of the week. It is the ultimate D-Gen special house. I love the Steelers in this game. I don't like the Steelers. I love the, the Raiders after that win have got to fly across the country. They got to play in four degree weather. I think they will be as ill-prepared as humanly possible. And I think Tomlin will have his team ready to go. Give me the Steelers. I locked them into two and a half. I see in some places the line is at three. Can I get you guys on board with the D-Gen special Steelers laying two and a half for three? It doesn't feel very degenerate to me. I don't, you're not really asking me to do anything. I don't have to nice. break a sweat on this one. It's 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 Mike Tomlin. At home, going up against Josh McDaniels and 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 Derek Carr, you said in the freezing cold, the Pittsburgh crowd will be bananas. You know, I, I put them up there uh, in terms of of impact on on the game. Maybe like one B below uh, Buffalo, there'll be maniacs, and and the weather is going to be terrible. I absolutely love it. I'm I'm joining you on this one, JJ. Um, I I can't jo join you guys. I'm sorry. Um, wow, you're out. No, I, it's just. <laughs> 
we talk a lot about Mike Tomlin and, and these these rah-rah Mike Tomlin spots and the Steelers as an underdog. If they were an underdog, I'd be all over this. But to lay three points with Mitchell Trubisky, I, I can't do it. Or Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. I, I just can't lay points with these quarterbacks against an offense which has the potential of this Raiders offense. And I think we saw the Raiders actually go in there and beat Pittsburgh on the road last season. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was like week two or week three. I do. Yeah, so, I remember it well. Yeah, I just I just think the market has reached its peak on Pittsburgh. We've been we've been back in Pittsburgh three out of the last four weeks. I think the only week we didn't back them was the week before last. Um, and we faded them against Taylor Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think this is a team in which you want to be laying points with. They're just not built that way. If they were underdogs, I'd be all over them. But, I mean, catching points, I just can't do it. Fair enough. All right, Raheem. Here's the second spot that I have circled that I really like. And I know this game is going to be super ugly and super disgusting, and it's a hefty number. I don't care if it's a hefty number. The Ravens are going to smack the Falcons. The Falcons do not have the physicality to go into Baltimore and put up points against that Raven defense. And I know the Ravens, it has been a struggle to get anything going on offense. I think they have in the back of their minds, last year we choked the playoffs. Last year this happened, that happened. Like this is a game with the Steelers coming up and the Bengals coming up. They have got to have it. So like I'm going to have Baltimore in every teaser leg imaginable. And I am even comfortable to lay seven and a half here. It sounds crazy. I know a lot of you guys are going to be listening and gals are going to be listening and saying, JJ, have you seen the Raven offense? You want to lay seven and a half against anyone with the way they're moving the ball and the way they're scoring? I think this line is telling Raheem, I'm on Baltimore laying seven and a half. And I have a feeling you're going to think I'm certifiably insane. On one hand, I agree with you. I mean, I think you had Desmond Ritter, what he complete, like he threw for 95 yards in that game last week. However, the the Ravens have some serious injuries. I mean, Calais Campbell left with a knee injury on, on Saturday. Marcus Peters is supposed to miss some time with a, a calf injury. So, I mean, that's major parts of your defense. And if Lamar Jackson was playing, I would totally agree with this, 100%. But I don't know if he's playing at this point. And I just, laying seven points with Taylor Huntley, I just think that's really problematic. But, I mean, I think you want to look out for that injury report. My my concern, just to pick up on what um, Dream is sharing, it's it's less Tyler Huntley, it's Greg Roman. What was that game plan last week against the Browns? J- Dobbins rushed thirteen times for one hundred and twenty five yards. Like, is it a secret that the Browns' a weakness is is their rush defense? He had Tyler Huntley throw the ball thirty times, thirty pass attempts from Tyler Huntley against the Browns. I just don't understand what, what's going on there. I can't there not to be trusted under any circumstances. And and that that that's true whether it's Lamar or Tyler Huntley. I don't trust Greg Roman. I think that they have, for whatever reason, found themselves in this position week to week to week, figuring out how to let teams be competitive with them and how to give games away. I am no longer investing anything in the Ravens. I already have exposure to them. My my bet on them to win the division is in jeopardy. The playoff bets are in jeopardy. I have them making the playoffs as a as a yes. That's in jeopardy, and I I, I don't like uh, the situation. The 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 kid from Atlanta, um, Tyler uh, Algier, he can run the ball, and they will run the ball. And if they just let Desmond Ritter 
run the ball from the quarterback position, I think that they can keep it competitive. I'm not laying anything on this Ravens uh, team. Fair enough. I'm telling you right now, the Ravens lose this game to Atlanta. They are not making the playoffs. They are, not, they are not making a playoffs if they lose this game to Atlanta. Yeah, remember remember I, mean, I said I'm, that. I'm, I'm hoping, like, you know, House said earlier that he's hoping that the Jaguars and the Titans can play for the division. My only hope right now is that the Ravens and the Bengals can play for the division on week 18 as well, just because, I mean, we all have those Ravens futures. You know, that'll give us a good chance to hedge or, you know, just let it ride. Um if it gets there, I mean, I know myself, I'm the type of person who's either going to let it ride or add more because I, I just I don't like the hedge, you know, stuff like that. But um, I'm just hoping it gets there and I'm, I'm hoping they win this game. So it's a must win. JJ, your point is right. They're at home. They've sucked at home this year. They the have. Ravens. I mean, they almost lost to the Broncos at home, for goodness. Yeah. Sakes. Yeah. And I get I, that. The, and I, I know they have not it. been easy on the eyes. But again, with the way they're playing on offense, for them to be favored by this amount of points. I think in some ways, this is an anti-Atlanta play, more sure. so even than it is a pro-Baltimore play. So take that for it, what it's, it's worth. It's reasonable. Right. It's reasonable. House, week 16, what's catching your eye, buddy? Um, I like uh, this December weather stuff. I keep talking about it every every week we come on here. The one that looks like it's uh, most likely to be impacted is Cleveland, New Orleans. And that total for that game is a, you know, once in a generation total. It's all the way down to 31 and a half now. It started at 35 or 36, but the the weather forecast, it looks like folks are investing in that weather forecast. It's down to 31 and a half. It might even be, I don't know if it's down to 31. We haven't seen a total that low since 2008. So that is a full generation ago. Cleveland laying the three against New Orleans, and um, I, I'm I'm fine with with investing in the team that I know can run the ball a bunch of different ways. And honestly, I don't really think the Browns want Deshaun throwing the ball very much. This is basically like if if the two teams have to rush the ball, and this is a, a run attack versus run attack situation. I'll just go ahead and grab Cleveland in the three, and you know, in, enjoy the mayhem. Ah, uh, that is. You know what I thought of, House, when I saw that game immediately? I'm not touching it. Like, when I saw New Orleans Cleveland, when I was going through the lines, I was like, I want no part of betting this game. Yeah. So, like, I legitimately, I I hate coming on and saying I have no feel for it because I know that's lame and it kind of sounds like a cop-out. But, Raheem, I legitimately have no feel for that. That reminded me of Denver, Arizona last week where I saw the game and I was like, nope, not touching this one. No, thank you. That's me with this game. I'm out. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I have no feel for this one either. So uh, I wish you the best of luck, House. I was say, it's, a be- it's a best bet for you, so I, I wish you well. It's a mayhem chaos bet. That's what I'm after. It's good. It's going to feel like zero degrees, and I don't care who's playing quarterback for New Orleans. None of those dudes have been in zero degree temperatures trying to th- chuck the rock. So give me the ground and pound and the dog pound. I think when it comes to New Orleans, I'm just kind of just hoping that, I mean, like we we have those New Orleans futures. We do. I'm just kind of hoping that they can just, you know, find a way. And I, I think that that loss to the Buccaneers, it kind of put put it to bed. But the Buccaneers have been so bad and the rest of the division has been so bad that they still have a chance to win this conference. So if they can just win here, you know, maybe the Bucs lose a couple more times and, you know, we can, we can sneak in with these division futures. Oh, <laughs> the putrid, pathetic, sad NFC South. All right, Raheem, week 16, what's catching your eye? I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles and I'm going to go with them on a money line. Ooh, uh, I, I just, risky. I like yeah, it. Bold. I, I just... 
I just think Gardner Minshew, I said it earlier, I just don't, I don't think the downgrade is as high as what people think it is. Um, and I, I just think this is a game where when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, they are trending downwards. And I just saw the Philadelphia Eagles activated Dallas Goddard. So they actually have a security blanket for Minshew. And the Cowboys, the one thing you're seeing from this Cowboys team, and I'm, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I love them to death. But letting go Amari Cooper was a clear mistake. because Big time. Big time. They, they just don't have a number two. Like Gallup is not the same. Um, and the defense right now is... Like, you can run the ball on this defense, and they could be passed upon. So I, I thought, you know, I was watching that Cowboys and Jazz game. I thought when they were up 17, they would get to a point where they're unleashing Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, and they coughed up that lead in a matter of three minutes. So I think the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball. I think this is a close game down the stretch with the way the Cowboys are playing. And I think they might even wrap up the division this week. So I'm going to take them on the money line. I'm going to take my shot here. House is in. I can tell. I'm in. Yeah, I like it. I mean, that's just with the six points. I feel like I got to have some fun and take them on a the money line with you, Raheem. Yeah, Y'all. that's right. That let's let's cash it a little bit. Like let's let's get some some actual return on investment here. That sounds like a good investment return. And Raheem, telling for you to go against your favorite team there in that spot too. I, I hope that's not like last week's bias kicking in. But with you, you're more pragmatic, so I would expect that not to be the case. I, I mean, for me, it was just like after the Texas game, I felt like they were in a spot to where they could bounce back. And I mean, I, I feel like through the first half, I was right. But w- when you see them blow a 17 point lead in the manner in which they did, and you know the the coaching decisions are still leave a lot to be desired. I mean, you look at the fact that like. They didn't opt to run the ball three times and eliminate those time timeouts for the Jaguars. They right. opt to throw a bomb. Yes. Um, so it's just it's little stuff like that. And I just think the E, like you always see a big jump in teams when they're missing their their starting quarterback. And I think you get that from the Eagles this week. I mean, Michael Parsons was talking, you know, real crazy about um Jalen Hurts. Is it is Jalen Hurts or is the team? And I think the team is gonna step up and show this Cowboys team that, you know. This is, I mean, there's levels. And I think the Eagles are are on a higher tier than the Cowboys at this point. All right, boys. Not only do we have this full slate in the NFL, but we're going to have five Christmas Day NBA games. Uh, I will live in a world where the Knicks are actually four and a half point favorites against the Warriors tonight because, you know, Steph Curry's dealing with an injury. House, we have never done a pod before, like an NBA five-pack slate. You being the lunatic that you are, is there like a Christmas strategy that you've had over the years? Like, do you are you do you blindly bet unders? Do you blindly bet like don't like you? I know you get involved with every single one of these games Christmas Day. I know well, you do. I, I and Raheem can can correct me. I think there's a legendary angle on these Christmas Day games of unders. I think the unders in in those games is is like near the eighty percent. It got to be such a good cash angle cash opportunity that it seeped into the general public and the numbers started moving uh, accordingly over the last couple of years. So you, you it used to be 5-0 sweeps on the unders, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't checked the, the data yet for the last, uh, uh, you know, couple of years. But, um, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't uh, have a, a, a strong feeling yet about the, 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 the Christmas Day games. I'm going to wake up Christmas morning um, open up my presents, get my socks and my underwear, and then just before 12 noon, 
figure out. Well, you know, I was going to say what, the what group chat at that point on Christmas morning has got to be firing. So uh, yeah, as I'm opening up my Starbucks gift cards uh, house, yeah, you know, make sure make sure that uh, if there's an underplay or a prop play for the Knicks Sixer game, you're going to share with me. Because <laughs> the problem for me, Raheem, is normally Knicks Christmas at noon. I'd be like, wow, marquee event, big screen. That cannot be on the big screen for me when the Dolphins are playing the Packers. Like, that gets demoted to TV number two. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can understand that. I, I totally understand that. Um, For me, I probably will have... I mean, I got, I got a multiple TV setup in here, so nice. I'm going to have both on. So, um, I think the Sixers will probably be marquee for me. Um, That line is sitting at two and a half right now. I personally make the Sixers four-point favorites in that game. Um, I think the over-under they have is 219. I have it at around 216, which I, I'm, I'm not pretty sure is that accurate. So I'm looking forward to that game. Um, you know, the the one game that I, I think I, I'm really are, like, that stands out to me is that the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I think I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to, like, take the, the Warriors into the deep waters and completely drown them. I know Couple they're not home for this game. spots, Raheem. I'm glad you brought that up. Memphis, Golden State. Milwaukee, Boston, revenge angles for the team that lost in the postseason last year. I like that, dude. I like that. Yeah. I like, I, I think the Grizzlies, I mean, to me, like them catching four, four and a half, I, it just, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I know there's no Desmond Bain. I, I know that the Grizzlies are a different team on the road, but without Steph Curry, I mean, this team is just, they're, they're just not the same team. And so I, I look for the Grizzlies to go out there and win that game rather easily. Boys. There's a lot to handle this weekend. NBA Christmas, all this NFL action. If you get into the bowl games, they're coming up. House, will you be dabbling in any? Or when does House start betting on college football? Do you wait till New Year's Eve for that? Yeah, yeah. Those, those, the, the, when I, when I can see those four teams in front of me, they're the teams I've seen the most. Like, I don't have enough information. All I'd be doing if I was gambling on these. Uh, bowl games in the lead up to New Year's Eve is like reading Action Network and reading, you know, Odd Shark and reading Covers.com and say, oh, I like this angle. Like, I did the one team that I have been paying attention to, and I'm sorry I didn't uh, uh, jump into it, was Fresno State. Fresno State was on a, on a tear, and I'm sorry I missed out on the opportunity to bet them in the Jimmy Kimball Bowl, um, but that was, you know, it's like few and far between where I have any any idea what the hell's going on with college football. So the New Year's Eve I will jump into that. I do have a perspective on those games, and I know which way I want to invest. I don't know what's going to get me in more trouble. Dolphins at 1 o'clock being late to Christmas dinner or bowl games, semifinal games on New Year's Eve as the clock is about to strike midnight. I mean, you want to talk about disaster on every level, fellas. That's disaster for me, but we'll find a way. Oh, man. Get ready. (laughs) Boys, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Let's cash a lot of tickets this weekend. Uh, great job by the War Gone Warrior. To everybody out there, have a great holiday season. And I believe we'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah, we we have a podcast. There's no excuses. That's I mean, right. we're working. That's the way it goes. We'll see you next Tuesday. Be good, everybody.